Good evening, wherever Rabbi Sai. We are continuing along here at the beginning of Perek Asiri, the 10th Perek of Shar HaTshuva. And we began last night with the great encouraging chizik and chidush of Cheves Havavus. Namely, that uh, when all seems to be impossible and we've done wrong that we in our own powers cannot correct, can't turn the clock back. More than that, even to try to correct our deeds and try to make up with someone that we've hurt, we've harmed, we've stolen from, seems impossible. We don't have the wherewithal. We don't know where to find them. Who knows if they'll ever be Michalas. So the Chavis says, all we have to do is put in our effort and be mekabel to do the Gidre Tshuva Bechol do all of the necessary steps of Tshuva. And whatever is within our power, within our ability to do, at that point, he says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu then will make the Tshuva process easy. What do you mean make it easy? I put in all the effort. Ah, what we have to do is we put in all the necessary steps of Tshuva. But the, for the Tshuva to, to come to fruition, for the tshuva to actually work, to be able to contact the other person or pay back the other person or get mechila, forgiveness for the other person, that we're going to need a lot of siyad d'shmaya, a lot of divine assistance and hashkoch protest from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he says that's what will be. So uh, one of the things we mentioned last night is even if one harmed a person physically or monetarily, but he tries his utmost to do the tshuva, Hashem will instill in the heart of that other person, of the former victim, that he will want to be appeased, and he will want to forgive the person who harmed him. And someone asked, how could it be? Hashem takes away free will from a person? And the answer is simply yes. Kodesh Baruch only gives a person free will when he so deems it to be, when he wants to give him free will, then we have free will. And we find oftentimes throughout Torah, Nevi'im, Ksuvim, throughout history, we find that HaKadosh Baruch Hu at times takes away the free will from a person. Hashem says, I give free will and I can take it away at times. And one of those times is for our own benefit. And that is that when we put in our effort, whatever we can do, our maximum, then I need the other person to want to give the forgiveness. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, if we do our part of it, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is pleased with us, so as well, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will make sure that his enemies, his former victim, will also make peace with him and forgive him. Continuing along, what if the person who had been oppressed, this victim, is not around anymore? He's distanced from me. I don't know where to find him. I don't know how to contact him. Yasmin Abayrei Hiskabtsam. Amazing. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will orchestrate that these two people will meet one another. The one who has, oh, the oppressor, will be able to speak face to face with the person and talk to him and ask his forgiveness. And then he will forgive. Again, we have to make the first step and we have to do. Well, everything within our power to do. But after that, beyond that, if we really want it, Kodesh Baruch Hu will make sure that we're able to
to do it. Nowadays, we know it's much easier to find a person where he is in the world, to contact the person. You can do so in a matter of days and contact the person on the other side of the world as well. My Rebbe, the Mashkiach, Zol Gesundheit, said such a beautiful maise, a, a vignette that speaks to this exact point that Chavis is saying. In 1908, Rabbi Leza Gordon, Zechetzadik Lavrocha, Hashem Yimkaim Domoy. Rabbi Gordon, shouldn't say Hashem Yimkaim Domoy, he wasn't killed by uh, by the Nazis, he died before that. My apologies. Rabbi Gordon was the Rav in Tells. He also began the Yeshiva in Tells in Europe. And the 1908, there was a fire that broke out in the city of Tells. And it swept through and it destroyed a good portion of the yeshiva and it destroyed many homes. And as the rub of the city and the yeshiva, he says, I'm taking it upon my shoulders to rebuild. And he was already older. He was not well. And his doctors, his family tried to, to dissuade him from going to travel to raise the funds. But he wouldn't listen. He says, I must go. I must do this for the sake of the city, the sake of the yeshiva. So he went and traveled to London. In the early 1900s, this is, traveled to London to raise funds. And they made a little gathering for him. People came and he made pittance. He just, in that big major parlor meeting that he thought he would raise money, it, it was nothing. And it took a toll on him. It took a toll on his heart. And a couple of days later, he passed away. And he's buried in London, away from his where his kehila was, away from Tell's strange thing. Here he went for the goodness of the yeshiva, and Nebuch, he just died. So Mashkiach said that the Baalei Said, those who analyzed and looked deeper into this Maisa, they said that many years prior, there was a Sheikhid in the town of Tell's. And the Rav, Rablazer Gordon, had to remove his Hashkocha from this Sheikhet and remove them from his post. And after he did that, a little while later, he was analyzing and thinking about it. He says, you know, it could be I was a little bit too harsh with that Sheikhet. Maybe I should have given him a second chance. Maybe I should have arranged things differently. I mean, he was not able to do the job anymore, but maybe I dealt too harshly with him. But at that point, the sheikh had left town. He had left the city to who knows where. Where had he gone? He ended up in London. And the night before Rablazer Gordon passed away, he davened Meyerv in the shul and he bumped into that old sheikh. And they were able to meet for a few moments and no doubt that Rablazer Gordon spoke to him and told him, you know, I really feel bad for decades ago Maybe I still dealt harshly with you, and this sheikh was sure was Michael Rablazer Gordon. So Akadosh Baruch who arranged everything. The Mesabib Kalasibis orchestrated everything. This was the time when Rablazer Gordon was supposed to leave this world. It was time for him to die. Could have died just in, in his hometown of Tells, but Hashem said, I knew that, that it really, for many years, he wanted to get Mechila from the sheikh. 
So Kadosh Baruch Hu arranged it that he'll be able to have a reason to have to go to London, meet with this person, and get his mechil. So is the ways, the mysterious ways of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. We just have to keep our eyes open. Vayikra is spelled with a small aleph. Everything looks vayikar. Just happened. It happened. Circumstance. Coincidental. You gotta look closer. You gotta look. There's a small aleph. The aleph, of course, is alufei shel oilam. Is Hakadosh Baruch Hu. He's there always, but sometimes he hides himself. Let's continue, Rabbi Isai. Let's say you don't know. You don't know the people you oppressed. You don't know the value. You don't know the amount of money that was caused in damage in this, in this instance. So then Akashbog will put into the mind of the person, the person who has to do tshuva, to build something. Kibinyan Gesher, build a bridge, Bekhafar Beiris, dig wells, and Yehonu Mehem Beneyodam, and people will benefit from them. Vasais Beiris Padrochim, make wells for people to be able to drink from, Shenemayim Mitsuim Bahem, in the places where water is scarce. Or similar things that could benefit the general population. What's this idea? How is this going to help? That his benefiting society will end up going actually to the people. In other words, the Kachbohu is going to put into his mind listen, you know, you, you just got an inheritance, you want to do something good, maybe build a new wing for the shul, or maybe install. New water fountains into the into the uh, public place where many people attend, and it was, so will be that he had stolen, let's say, uh, water from a drinking well from somebody, and now he's able to pay back because these people who he took from will come and benefit from that water. So again, is the ways of Hakadosh Baruch Hu very mysterious? Hakadosh Baruch Hu allowed this to happen. It's really a Gemara, the Gemara and Beyad of who person who stole money from the rabbin. He took from a tzibur. Could be a person stole money from an institution. How is in the world he's supposed to pay back? The people who were there then are gone. They moved out of the city. They don't belong to the institution anymore. So the, the Gemara tells us, if you go to Rabbim, do tzorche Rabbim. Do something that the people could benefit. Do something that society could benefit. And with that, you could hope that a Baruch Hu will orchestrate things that the people who were harmed will indeed Get paid back. And we continue with him, Yamus Ha'ashuk. What if the person who had been oppressed is no longer amongst the living? So then, what the person has to do is, Yashav Amamali Yashav. But if you know who he is, give it to his children, give it to his heirs. Let's say it's not monetarily. You shamed him, you embarrassed him at one point. You fired him from a job without good reason. You spoke derogatorily about him. Then what do you do? Giving money to his children won't help him. Yesvad al-Kivrei. This is a new idea. Not something that people are so familiar with. This is so common that people do. Yesvad al-Kivrei bozeh. You should go to his kever. Go to his grave and Say Vida over there. 
and beg forgiveness from the person. But you have to do it You have to take ten people with you. And the Mashkiach explained that besides the fact of going to this person and asking Mechila, there has to be, there's always an element of shame when we have to ask forgiveness from somebody else. Even if it's a good friend, we're always embarrassed. There's an element of embarrassment when we ask forgiveness of somebody else. Because we're admitting we were wrong, we did something wrong, we did something without thinking, we did something childish, we have to ask forgiveness. There's always an, an element of shame involved in that. But if the person's dead, I'm going to his kever, nobody hears me, nobody knows, just talking, just me and the stone. You're not so embarrassed, but you're missing that element. So you bring a million of people. You bring ten people to accompany you that they should hear you asking, getting down on your knees and begging forgiveness. So you have that element as well. Like Hazal tell us in the Gemara, that you bring ten people and stand them by the Yisrael. You out, say it outright. That's Vidui, declaration. I have sinned and to this person who I have harmed in some physical way or verbal way and I'm asking for forgiveness. This is the way that a person can do tshuva even in instances where it seems to be so far-fetched to be able to do tshuva properly. We don't have the means. It's too late to turn the clock back. We don't know who the person is. We don't know where the person is. We don't know how many people it was. We don't know to what extent it was. Says the Chavis Avavis, even in such a case, all we have to do is put in our utmost effort to do tshuva, all the steps of tshuva. And at that point, whatever we can do, within our ability, within our reach, going to his kever, giving it to his descendants, that we must do. Beyond that, we have to leave it up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He will take care of it. He will arrange it that we'll be able to do a full tshuva and then receive the full forgiveness. Agutenacht.